Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For sermon recordings, for more podcasts, and to submit any questions or comments you might have, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Colon, one of the assistant pastors here. I'm Chris Webster, the assistant pastor of Drums and Digits. I'm Dave McMurray, preaching pastor. Well, welcome back. We technically didn't work very much these last two weeks. I mean, we worked, but we weren't in the office very much the last two weeks over Mm -hmm. Christmas and New Year's, but we still pulled off podcasts, so I'm proud of us. I wasn't Mm. sure. I mean, the office was open on Mondays, but that meant we had a lot to do on Mondays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, maybe we should take a break. Maybe we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad we did. It was good to have Terrence and Elliot the last couple weeks Mm -hmm. in here with us. Mm -hmm. Felt really bad. Um, I guess listeners might not know, but Ashley did not have a microphone when we recorded with her. Mm. And she was in here with us. I thought initially like, oh, you know, she'll be in the room with us. And she might say one or two things and I can like, you know, try and boost the volume of someone's microphone and catch what she said. But hmm. I mean, she was in our podcast. She, she was, was. She was one of us. Yeah. She was coolest person in the room. I think. Yeah, <laughs> probably. And so I, I sent her and Terrence an email afterwards, apologizing and saying that next mm. time she could just have my microphone because mm. she'd use it better than I was. And then I found out at the end after we podcast, she was saying something about. Oh yeah, my undergraduate was in broadcast journalism, and I was like, "Oh <laughs> <Oops>. great!" <laughs> like we definitely should have let her run the podcast. <laughs> Big mistake, but it was really fun to have. We can them still both. hear her. I thought. Well, yeah. I listened to it. Yeah, later. yeah. Good I, work. I did some. I did. Some, you did some engineering some, to make. Yeah, it, I guess uh, engineering. I don't know. I pretend that I know what I'm doing, and I just push buttons until it sounds right. Well, you pretend well. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Good um, job. But this week is our first week in Titus, so we're in a whole new series, new mm-hmm. year, new series, mm-hmm. new me. And like take five says on our way to work, new oil change, right? Yeah. It says new you, new oil or something like that. Yeah, and it's epiphany. Like, like that's the word. Today, today is epiphany. Today You're right. is epiphany. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot about that. That uh, means something somewhere to someone. I think that means it's the 12th. It's either the 12th or 13th day of Christmas. I'm not sure. Oh. Y'all know? So you can stop singing the song? Is that For whoever keeps track of those things, the church calendar police, it's one of those yes. days. So yes. dear listener, you can call in and let us know. I don't know, but I do remember that it's, Always very near January 6th, and today's January 6th. Yeah, I think it is. That's a weird mm-hmm. reason to remember that. I, <laughs> I think it means well, your, your Advent oh, thing day, ran yeah. out yeah. of, you're out of chocolate. Change. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. change. Okay. Yeah. You're out of chocolate now in your Advent. No, that's a different calendar. It's a different being, calendar. Being it depends that's not being the silly. church calendar. <laughs> that's the little cutesy calendar for your kids. It also depends uh, which type of Advent t- calendar you use. Because mm-hmm. we don't have a chocolate one. We have a... A uh, one with pockets in it, and you pull out little figures yeah. of the nativity set. Ours is made entirely of bacon. I ha- bacon. That's nice. <laughs> I know friends who have one that's wine. You know, Ooh. so every you open a bottle of wine oh. every day of Advent. Mm-hmm. Um, I give Brooke socks. It has a fifteen sock, so you get three extra ones. So it's got like Christmas sloths and mm. Christmas chipmunks and. Dude, very I saw exciting. an Advent calendar that made me think of you, Christopher. Mm. It was a hot sauce Advent calendar. Heck oh, yeah! Wow. But Bring the problem it. that people comment on it was that the Advent calendar just repeats hot sauces. Oh, oh no! So it's not, not actually ones. a bunch of individual. It's like six that they repeat a couple times, hmm. and they put different labels on them so they look like they're different <laughs> ones. But it's the same one. I actually read their views because, like, mm. this is something Chris would like. That's awesome. But 
Yes. It wouldn't have been because it's a near miss. It would have been just the same. I want to mm. find a restaurant with a hot sauce tasting, you know, experience. Mm. Oh, I you need to that. go to uh, yeah. Mission Taco. Isn't mm. that what it's called? Oh, yeah. They have a million hot they sauces. They have a ton of hot sauces. Well, yeah. But it needs to be guided. Is it hot I need, sauces? I need, I need hot a, it's not guided. What's, yeah. the, uh, what's the wine expert guy's name? The uh, uh, sommelier. I need a sommelier of hot oh, sauces. Yeah, yeah he that needs to sense. give me guided. He shows you how to smell it and <laughs> let it linger under your tongue. Maybe that's you, like, why. Squish it in your mouth yeah. and spit it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally. Shows you how to cry. We, we figured out the best uh, salsa recipe, but we need to keep talking about Jesus and stuff. So, but, uh, real quick, though, before we move on, because an important salsa hot recipe. sauce connection. Okay. We made okay. pizzas at home Saturday night. <laughs> we used jalapenos. I only used one little tiny jalapeno slice. I tore it in half to put it on opposite corners of my pizza. And then later, after washing my hands with soap, I touched my eye. Uh, and it was the worst pain yeah. I've ever felt. I think in my life. I think like worse than the two bone breaks I've had. I think God, crazy. Is, God is giving you a Texas sermon illustration in that experience. Ooh, so hold on to painful. it. Hold on to it. So anyway, there sorry. you go. All right, I'm we sorry you had now. to suffer well, that. Well, if we're going to talk about salsa... <laughs> you gotta try Dr. Brad Almond salsa. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. He makes That's a good. real good hot salsa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know if we still have some in our fridge, but he made it for Tamale Day. He made a lot for Tamale Day, right? I think yeah. he did. I, mm. I think he spent his years of PhD studies perfecting that salsa okay. in Boston. I'm totally, I'm gonna talk to him. All mm -hmm. right. That's you good. gotta ask him. Right. You know him. Ask him. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about Titus. Before we talk about this week, let's talk about the um, overarching background. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I don't really know. I don't know why you chose Titus. Mm -hmm. I don't know your hope for the series. Mm -hmm. I don't know the length of the series. Yeah, those are all good questions. I also don't know your title of the series, I don't think, because the graphic said, um, Church is Not What You Think, and then it said The Book of Titus underneath. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, is Church is Not What You Think the title for the series? Or was that the sermon this Sunday? Mm. Is the title for the series just the book of Titus? Another good question. So many so good questions. So those are my four questions that I want answered. And then, Chris, I want to hear about sermon art. Oh, okay. those, are, yeah. those are our pre-this week things yeah, I want to talk about. Series questions. So it is the series title, which I then used also for the first sermon title because I was kind of just introducing the first few verses. Mm, double whammy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Church is Not What You Think, which is... A kind of weird title, a little more negative and clickbaity than we usually do, but so clickbaity. Yeah, but we just felt like, no, that's that's really what it's about, you know. They're this like dysfunctional place that doesn't have good leadership, and Paul saying Titus go in there and clean up and get it right, and this is what church should be. So, um, so we felt like the title really f fit, and it's one of my favorite books. So that's part of why we're doing it. I did it ten years ago, and felt like. I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. Because you were in an elementary school. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were actually here. We were oh, actually in just this building. Okay. We just oh. moved in here. Yeah. So we've been in this building 11 to maybe 11 to 12 years now. The ghost um, of the series still haunts these halls. Yes. Yes. So I just really wanted to do it again. Um, and I've always loved it. It's always been one of my favorite books. I think because it is so... Um, well, we, uh, we use the phrase all the time, gospel-centered. So this is how church should function. This is how leadership should function. This is how older and younger people should get along, and it's all based on the gospel. And he just does a really good job of, of levering our 
proper behavior from the grace that's been revealed to us. So uh, I just I just love the book. And then for us as a church, this season, we've just been doing some Old Testament, and I like to try to vary back and forth. And we planted a church. We're kind of in a replanting season, like a redefining our identity as a church season. So all that kind of, you know, melted together. The great sermon melting pot. Yes. So that's why Titus and a little bit of hope for the series, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You want to talk more on hopes? But I guess I kind of covered it. Yeah, I think just hopes for who are we as a church. We've always been a quirky church that has tried to balance our old motto used to be grow deep reach out and that captures this weird tension we've always tried to balance of we want to be a church that's actively reaching out to the community and evangelistic and understands and respects lost people but we also want to be a church that like does uh, the essentials and does you know ancient theology and bible well and um, that's a hard tension I feel like church is either go all in with one or the other. And so I think my hope is that we re-envision what that looks like for us in this time and this place. So. I think too, we, as we were talking and planning the art, um, you know, we tossed around a lot of ideas. So, so mm-hmm. stop me if I'm, I'm steering it in a, in a way you didn't end up wanting to go, but mm-hmm. I did think it was interesting the um, that there's a double meaning to the title. Mm. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest obvious reason, uh, meaning is, is kind of church is not what you think it is. It is, is implied. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the it's, church is not just what you think, mm-hmm. you know? And so he even hits that a little bit um, in those mm-hmm. first few verses, the um, knowledge that, accords with godliness. Yeah. And so I think, for our culture, I, as we were talking, that was what mm-hmm. I was I was getting more and more passionate about was was that well, there's this sense that people in the church and outside of the church have lost the plot a little bit of what mm-hmm. church is supposed to be. It's so easy to take a cultural understanding of that rather than a biblical one. But mm-hmm. then there's also same thing about that. There's a a danger of thinking church is just about mentally packing your brain with some things and Hmm. titus definitely talks about there's an attachment between knowledge and righteousness like Mm -hmm, he said mm so um yeah when when chris and i were first talking about themes and sermon art and titles we'll we'll usually kind of brainstorm that together so i'll I'll study the book and then come to chris and say like okay here's some major themes and here's some ideas and we will do it together and there's a repeating word most translations say sound doctrine. It didn't come up in the first four verses, but it'll come up a lot in the book. Sometimes it can be translated as healthy doctrine or healthy teaching. Um, it's basically just the word healthy and the word doctrine put together. But that word healthy is a very um, like agricultural type word. It's hugiaino, I think. It's a Greek word. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and so that gets at that. Yeah, it's not just cerebral. It's not just doctrine. Not just having right doctrine, but having doctrine that feeds and grows and transforms. You know, mm-hmm. so. man, we had somebody over at our house last night, and they were mm-hmm. talking about all the different churches that their family had been to since mm-hmm. growing up, and all the different reasons why they left different churches and went mm-hmm. to different churches. And yeah, I was like, some of it was, oh well, they were very theological, but couldn't love each other, or they mm-hmm. loved each other, but they didn't talk about the mm-hmm. Bible, or they. Yeah. It's like, uh, yep, that's mm. definitely right there. Mm-hmm. How how long is this series? So the book of Titus is very short. Short book. It's a, a page and a half in our pew Bibles. Yeah. 
So how how many weeks are we here? I think it'll be, end up being seven. I kept switching back and forth, so I need I would have to look at the calendar again. But I think it's going to end up being it's either seven or eight weeks. I I said that in the sermon like seven no, next seven to eight that. weeks because okay. I don't remember exactly. But it's either seven or eight. So it's a short one. <laughs> yeah. And then where are we going? You got to know by now. Yeah, we're seven we're, or eight weeks out. I'll tell you the plan now, but it's still changing because we're still working on it. But the plan now would be to do some of the major prayer passages in the Bible. So kind of like the greatest hits on prayer during the Lenten season. So kind of the, uh, I guess it's like early, mid-February into Easter. Mm. Um, And then after that Seven weeks brings us into Lent already. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then 1 Corinthians maybe. The elders and I have been talking about that. I'm kind of scared of it, (laughs) but I think the elders are, are pressing that direction and I think I'm up to the challenge. I've ordered some commentaries. I'm looking into it. So, so we'll go into now. That's what I call prayer twenty series. After this one, yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Or just prayer. No, I don't. Nobody's know. there yeah. with me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that means. But you know the CDs that they have when we were kids. Oh, yeah. oh my like, gosh. Yeah, that's what I call music. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, that's six, seven, eight, nine, ten, funny. and they're at like number seventy now. <laughs> I don't know when you said prayer and that's doing topics and finding the greatest hits. The greatest hits. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's now that's funny. what I call prayer. Twenty. <laughs> that's funny. You know, yeah. That was dumb. There's a when great you have to book on jokes, prayer really good, so. that I love called Praying Backwards. Mm. It's not my most recommended book on prayer, but what's nice about that book is he just like each chapter is, you know, a big, you know, chapter from the Bible on prayer. He just exposits all the major teachings on prayer. It's mm. good. Um, a Praying Life is my other favorite book on prayer. Yeah, I still need to read that. I had a you just had a, it. I have it. a non-serious thought, but it was mm-hmm. cracking me up in my head. Uh, we were just talking about the Advent calendars and the chocolate things. You know, Lent is like giving about giving up things often. Mm. Uh, so we should have like a Lent box opening thing where it's just empty every time. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, kids, let's open num- number twenty. <laughs> oh, it's still empty, Dad. Well, that one gets a fish. You have fish. <laughs> For Lent, whatever you're giving up, you have to like buy 40 of them <laughs> and you have to put them into the box every oh, day of Lent. Yeah. So and you have to like, oh, oh give it away. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Give it away. So you're giving, away, you're giving up chocolate. You got to <gasps> put chocolate in the box every day of Lent. That's interesting. That's like the worst product that you could possibly sell, <laughs> it's probably. True. It's true. Nobody wants it, buy it, but it made me laugh. Well, you want right. to tell us about Sermon Art? Yeah. You had a picture of a church building with drawing of the blueprints of the old building on top of it. The church is on top of a small hill, probably in a foothill of other big hills. Mm. It's enclosed enclosed in a circle... Uh, and the outside circle is like a green tint to it, but it's like an old gothic church maybe behind it in the background. Oh, my and gosh. And it says, yeah, church is not dude, what you think. He studied up. That's what uh, <laughs> I'm trying to give a picture of what the art like, work, yeah. artwork might look like to one who's listening. Wow. <laughs> I am very impressed, Joseph Cologne. That is, that is yeah. You, you okay, pretty much nailed like, it. Nailed every real. part of it. Showing us the picture well, I missed now. the orange circle. Yeah, and another no, circle. You said it was a circle, and well, then another circle. He got the green circle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Teal, maybe. So I'll I'll go fast, maybe because, well, maybe we could actually link to this one, but um. Yeah, we can link it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, 
so so obviously i don't want to be too pretentious because art really is this kind of back and forth of finding things and and using them and then understanding you know seeing oh wow this does have meaning and then so there's intentionality and accidental beauty and you know all that wrapped in but but with the final thing there were there were a few intentional things and and either way even the accidental things i thought were kind of interesting to pack um meaning into so yeah for sure it's it's kind of an old uh, old tiny church um beautiful little white church um so david and i talked about that being the central idea of the art is there is the tendency to think the church is just a building Uh, that's what comes into most of our heads for good or for bad um and we definitely want to use that as a springboard to say, well, it's more than that. Um, it's not even that <laughs> in scripture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But that's how we use it um, in our modern language. So, so that was that was the biggest thrust. Um, and then, yeah, we we talked about using blueprints because because Titus is a kind of like putting into order kind of a thing and and mm-hmm. structure and how you should live. So there's a lot of this in, this instructional side of things. So. Um, so I kind of wanted to layer those two and also just start to, to get into the land of, wait, is it this or is it that? Is it what I've seen or is it what I've been told it's supposed to be? You know, so there's that difference between the photograph and the, the blueprint. Um, it is in the trees, which I loved, which was what Dave and I talked about. The sound doctrine is kind of um, maybe some somewhat should be translated more like vibrant doctrine or living doctrine or healthy doctrine. And so I did like that there was um, this kind of nature and, and um, growing kind of the stuff we've been doing that grow deep, reach out tree imagery for a while. So I really love that. Um, I added on kind of clouds to, to have this sort of, you know, thought bubble thinking metaphor. So that's around there to add it kind of a, it's not what you think tie in. Um, and then I guess the other thing, uh, yeah, the cathedral in the background. So that's another one is, is church small local church or giant magnificent stained glass church or neither, you know. So I wanted that kind of be uh, mm. resonating around there. And then the one that was kind of half intentional or, you know, it got led to be intentional. It was um, this orange ring around the church. So I was actually kind of fascinated with um, the halo concept in I guess it was Renaissance art ma- ma- mm-hmm. mainly, and it's been pushed back against. Of like, it's this fascinating conversation of who gets the halo? Is it baby Jesus or is it Mary? You know, mm-hmm. is it this and this whole idea of of special sainthood that we don't really subscribe to? We think every every believer is a saint, you know, and there's not really like this special category for for Protestants. But um, but I think even that was kind of an interesting conversation of like this holiness factor and that's that's some sort of historical uh symbol of that and and even that whole conversation is an interesting one to me of is it just the holy people who get to have a halo that get to go into church or is it someone else Hmm. um um so yeah i think those are the big big pieces of that so cool did you want to look at it dave there it I've is. Seen it before. He's okay. seen it. <laughs> he has it perfectly memorized. I oh. completely memorized. No, I, that's cool. I didn't. Uh, we talked about it going into it, and then he produced it, so I hadn't heard all the follow-up explanation, which was very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about this week, and we could use uh, the title as our our segue since it covers the overarching uh, series and this week. So, church is not what you think. 
I guess my first question I had was, what do you think people think church mm-hmm. is? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I started youth this week was like, mm-hmm. all right, so Pastor Dave says church isn't what you think. What do you guys think church is? Mm-hmm. And they all gave pretty good answers. And I was like, mm-hmm. so Pastor Dave is wrong. Some of you know what <laughs> church is and church is what you think. So yes, they passed anyways, the test. What do you, some of them, mm-hmm. some of them. But what what do you think when you say church is not what you think? What do you? Uh, I don't know the right way to ask. Yeah. You, you know maybe what I mean. who are you talking to first, or or? Yeah, so I tried uh, to I tried to spread it around that there are a lot of impressions and that we're in a process of kind of reclaiming. Hmm. I talked about the the um, Reformation. I guess you call them mottos, right? Semper Reformanda. The, the solas. The solas. Semper Reformanda is kind of like an, an add-on, um, always reforming. So so I, have, I was trying to kind of say, you might have a concrete wrong thought about church that I'm correcting, but it's also a drift. We have to continually mm-hmm. kind of reclaim it because we're going to drift towards it. So first one was the building, not a people. Um, I started off with that on... It's servants on mission. It's building not a people. Um, so I tried to have a negative for each point. And then human conspiracy or human traditions. Well, no, it's actually God's plan. He came up with it before time. And then the last one was, um, is it something that's built by our hands, by our hard work, or built like a business? Well, not really. It's built by proclaiming God's grace. Um, so those were, th- were kind of three wrong ideas I thought that, the text was attacking but also i think there's just a general mishmash of half wrong and half right ideas that float around in our head so yeah mm-hmm. chris pointed to one of mm-hmm. you know good people who are yeah. doing good things together mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they've got good motives i don't know right right earning those halos mm-hmm. i had fun um i think this one we did have that conversation with a series of well, there's a constant, how do we speak to people who aren't already in the church? How Mm -hmm. do we spark their interest and then be able to give them deep and lasting truth? And Mm -hmm. um, so you said, you know, we call it clickbaity, but in in a sense it is like gospel clickbait. We want, it's, and we're not tricking them. It's not bait and switch. It is, it is hopefully a true statement that's interesting to (laughs) to Mm -hmm. them. Um, So we had fun, Dave and I were texting back and forth, but um, on the Facebook event, I just thought it was a, uniquely interesting one i i felt but um so in the description of of this new sermon start it says we said um quote church is where you go to feel guilty and awkward too early in the morning unquote and then we say ever felt that most of us have but what if there's more to it what if there's a life or death truth that lives beneath beneath the surface even when people get church wrong Join us to rediscover the roots of what what or who church was meant to be, mm. um, and so I think <clears throat> my, where my head goes is even for Christians, um, there's the theological thing that we can walk our way into and knowing okay when we really take a moment to think what is the true thing that church is we can go there but it's still an effort versus sometimes our gut thought really is that it's where you go to feel guilty and awkward too early in the morning right like Mm -hmm. do i want to get up and go to church today is the question um even that saying it that way right go to church and uh Mm -hmm. 
So uh, that's that's a fascinating thing to me. That may be more for the churchian. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's for the people who are outside of church. But well, and we're seeing more and more people people that consider themselves church people not going to churches as often. Yeah. So it's less important, I guess you'd say, even for people that think it's vaguely important, see it as less important at least to be regular or involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an interesting shift we're kind of in the middle of historically right now and I guess trying to figure that out. Like, what does that mean? And yeah. why is that? I don't, I don't even fully understand it. Well, and, the, and I think there's also just that continuing tension of even if I know this is what it's supposed to be, is that my experience of what it is, mm-hmm. which is which is firmly held in the hand of the actual people of the church, you know, mm-hmm. and led by the leadership too, but mm-hmm. but it doesn't make sense like we're in <laughs> it's it's up to us but but that really is the thing of um even if we know the correct theological definition of church is is that what i am walking right, into <laughs> yeah or what i'm yeah. doing and what i'm f- feeling when i walk into a church so mm. yeah i think our church is probably going to be really good at giving the right answer but less good at uh, having the right experience, mm. just kind of based on who we are as a personality. Yeah, and which, I mean, is a great place to be. I mm-hmm. think, I mean, like, that's half the struggle is is knowing it in the first place. So mm-hmm. I think I was thinking coming into this podcast of making sure to not just be, like, critical, but to celebrate what we do see. So, like, mm-hmm. let's celebrate this knowledge and this good knowledge that we do mm-hmm. have, but let's also strive together to to make it alive. So Yeah. Uh, you guys want to talk about the first point? Sorry, my brain went to... Sorry, wife, whenever you listen to this, I just realized I forgot my <laughs> breakfast that she made me on the kitchen counter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was sitting here and you were talking, I was like, oh, she texted me that she had breakfast for me. Panic. Um, <laughs> that's where the, why there was a weird pause. Um, well, this week in Church is Not What You Think, we had Servants on Mission, um, God's Ancient Plan, and Grace Being Proclaimed. So maybe with Servants on Mission, would you tell us again your, um, I guess, your counter idea of what a church is that you're refuting mm. and give mm-hmm. us a quick summary of Servants on Mission? Yeah, so it's not just a building and it's not just consumerism. Um, so it's not a place we go to have our needs met primarily and it's not a building that we go to primarily, but it's us being servants, serving God, uh, doing his work. Um and so, you know, classic, I didn't, I don't think I said this, but the hands and feet of Jesus is a classic way. You know, Paul talks about that in other places, being the body of Christ and he's the head. And so we're, we're like doing Jesus stuff in the world. Um, chapter one, verse one, it says, Paul, a servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the elect, their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. So I spent a lot of time saying, you know, the knowledge of the truth changes us so we start living differently and paul sees himself as a servant and that you know yes paul's different he's an apostle he has a different role than we do but we're all servants you know we're all called to be that and so um i guess those were the kind of major pivot points in that in that text and then even the the faith of the elect i talked about how election is not so much about a mind game about predestination but about a personal I'm chosen by God, God loves me, and that changes everything, which to me is part of our repentance. You know, it turns us to to follow God and do do what God calls us to do. 
Um, so all that is, you know, I think primarily mind change, like going into 2020, do you see yourself as fulfilling God's priorities or do you see yourself as a consumer just looking to have your needs met? You know? um, you, you talked a good bit about it in the sermon, mm-hmm. so maybe we don't talk about it too much, but uh, you see a lot of modern translations use the word servant, mm-hmm. avoiding the word slave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Doulos is the Greek word. My, what's that? I might have to cut this out, but what's that? Uh, it's like a song. Do losses, do losses, do <laughs> losses. Is it from Shrek? That's from Shrek. When they arrive at that guy's kingdom. Oh my gosh! Sorry. <laughs> when you said the word, that's where it went. Um, that was on the what the twenty their CD from. Oh, now that's what I call prayer. <laughs> um, I don't know. The anyways, song. Uh, sounds like a great song though you'll know it when I pull it up and show you. I'm sure that's not the exact right word. I'm sure it just yeah. rhymes with it or something. But Well, you want to talk about being a servant or a slave? A servant or is slave. There, is there a difference? I mean, I yeah. get that modern translations change a servant to make it more applicable, but I feel like there is still... So the argument for slave is it's more absolute. So that's why it would be good to use slave is it gives you a sense of I'm absolutely... You know, I totally belong to God, so that's good. Servant avoids the all the the baggage Americans have, and I guess in other places too, but especially in America, we have all this baggage because of the way slavery was practiced in our country. It was especially hideous. And so I think a lot of translators are like, let's not have that whole distraction in people's brains because the word can mean both things. It, it can mean both. It's not like a lie to say servant. So... I was trying to get the point across, it's serving a master, you know, his priorities, not my priorities. And that's, that's the primary point is we're, we're doing his thing. So I used a to-do list and I was like, you should get your to-do list from, from God, you know, that comes from him and Mm. be doing his work. And that's how we should see ourselves as a part of the church. Yeah. I think you said something about uh, a slave was like a contractual Mm-hmm. bound to somebody for mm-hmm. x amount of years and time and mm-hmm. i think that made more sense because even saying like oh you're serving to your boss it's like well i am until he said something stupid and i walk out the door yeah, and give him yeah. my two weeks notice or whatever right but uh maybe it's more like military service or something mm-hmm. like you're you're signed up. You said I'm yours for five years. You're gonna do what they say. I don't. Know. Anyways, or there's yeah. the isn't the bond servant thing like usually they That's were the like contractual. Yeah, that yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, I, I think I get so in second service. I think I was more like main pointish about it. I think I got a little rabbit traily in first service, but second service I was like, here's the main point. You, you have a master. You have a boss. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna do what he says? Or are you gonna do your thing? You know. And so hmm. I think that's the primary indicator i think there's a lot of humility in it as well okay but i think the primary thing is serving someone else i'm not serving me i'm serving him so what is it what does it look like then to be a servant on mission Mm. what does the boss say i I don't know anyways Mm -hmm. man i mean that i can answer unless yeah i mean i don't mean to interrupt but yeah we were talking about that in small group i i hearkened back to a few weeks ago when you talked about this creatureliness Mm mm-hmm uh, I think as as worship, or mm-hmm. um, and that's been a thing we talked about humility, but that specific creaturely humility mm-hmm. is where my mind went, which was is the like 
I have a creator and I'm a created being and I'm mm-hmm. going to do what he says even when I don't understand it or same with a boss or a master. Mm-hmm. It's like a good boss and perfect master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I know he's he's telling me the right thing. So I, I was saying for the small group too, of like people showing up to church isn't a natural thing. Like that mm-hmm. is a, in a sense a creaturely humility of saying, um, we don't always think of it that way, but saying God has told me to come here. God has mm-hmm. told me to commune with others and to let them into my life and mm-hmm. that is that is a a humility that is has become maybe kind of a tradition or something so we forget it may not be that intentional but i, I do mm-hmm. think it is in its right context that's what's happening and same mm-hmm. thing with small group right you're giving up your night to come mm-hmm. and do a thing that god's word says we should do um so mm-hmm. but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think those are good applications. I didn't get super specific. I said you could serve on a team at our church. Yeah. You know, here's some teams to serve on. And then you can also see yourself as purposely placed in your neighborhood and in your job by God. So, again, that's more of a mind and heart change, less of a here are, and here are the five things to do, but more like do you see yourself as put in that neighborhood and put in that job mm-hmm. for his work or as this, like, it's big inconvenience and you can't wait to, la- to leave or change? Um so I don't think I got as specific as I could have on that on that neighborhood and job part of it, but more of just self identity. Hmm. I I had a question. So you were you know in the in verse one talking about the the knowledge of truth which accords with godliness. Um, I kind of had two questions. Depending, <laughs> mm-hmm. the first question was: So is he saying there is knowledge of truth which doesn't accord with godliness? And I guess the sec the follow up is where is the breakdown is it the kind of truth or is it the application breakdown does that make sense Hmm. is that too (laughs) out there i don't think i have a good answer for that i think uh james very clearly says there is a knowledge of truth that doesn't accord with godliness paul tends to talk about i think paul allows for that but tends to talk about it more in terms of if you really know the truth it really will change you so I mean, I think they're both right. They're both in the scripture, but it's kind of perspective. Uh, so James is going to say you can have faith or have a knowledge of God that's just like a de- demonic knowledge of God that's not a real, genuine, living faith. You know, James uses the faith without works is dead, and can that faith save you? So James is talking about the wrong kind of knowledge, the wrong kind of faith. Mm-hmm. Paul talks about it less that way. He does in some places, but I couldn't even quote you those verses. Mm-hmm. So he's more saying you don't know it deep enough, you don't yeah. know it well enough. It's not really if real. It's not yeah. leaking into your yeah. your living. Yeah, that was good. Uh, the the specific example we were talking about with some uh, with a friend was they have a relative who is an athe or agnostic actually and listens to the Bible on the way to and from work mm. in order to refute it. And <laughs> yeah. and and in my mind I was thinking in one sense, that's the most terrifying, dangerous thing you could ever do is to sit that close to truth and shut your heart to it over and over again. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, God's worth, word does not return void, so so yeah. God can totally use that. So I'm not. It was kind of like, ooh, this is a like knowledge of truth. Warn that agnostic; he's playing with fire. Yeah, no, yeah. don't like <laughs> let him keep playing with it. <laughs> yeah. Catch him on fire. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was where I was kind of like, what are the mechanics of this this specific thing, right? Like yeah. he has a knowledge of truth in some sense, and you're mm-hmm. so you yeah, that's a good 
good distinction. Paul would kind of tend to say he doesn't really know it. He's just kind of distancing himself. So there's his this head. theme. I don't think it comes up as much in Titus, but this theme of what we call Gnosticism, you know, smart guys argue about it and say it wasn't fully formed Gnosticism in the first century, but they call it like proto-Gnosticism. But but this like secret knowledge idea. And Paul's always kind of debunking that by saying, no, there's not some other like you're better than other people's secret knowledge. It's just Jesus. And that knowledge really will change you. You know, mm-hmm. so Paul, again, is talking about the qualitative nature of it. And if you really know Jesus, it really will change you. Again, tends to be the way he talks about it. But um, mm. yeah. And again, without the Holy Spirit opening our eyes and making us alive to God's word, we can't know it yeah. in a sense, right? Yeah. Well, and if it's not part of God's plan, right? Which is the mm-hmm. second point. Yeah. That, yeah. That the church is God's ancient plan, right? And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess your counter to that is that it's just a man made invention, right? Yeah. That was yeah. your counterpoint. Human to? conspiracies, human traditions, a bunch of people. And I said, I think I said this in both services. And there's a lot of that that we've gotten wrong. Yeah, there has been human corruption. So that's where I got more into the drifting thing. Like, because mm-hmm. there are sinful humans involved, we do try to pull it towards our our desires. And so we have to keep pulling it back. That's mm-hmm. the simple reformanda thing. You have to keep pulling it back to to God's plan, you know, addressing God's ancient plan. And that's that was where I was a little more concrete with application of, like, what's your plan in 2020 to listen to God's word and to, you know, bind yourself lash yourself to that mast and and be kind of bound by that north star of of his word and his plan and what he says yeah mm-hmm. his word and not a church right or not yeah. a a tradition, tradition or a yeah. conspiracy or a good idea even you know sometimes it's just our great ideas and our methods we can have fantastic methods and then we can drift into like our methods are more important than the word mm-hmm. you know um, yeah, I, I pushed in our Sunday school, like, well, how do you know that's true? How do you know? And they're like, well, because mm-hmm. we've been going to church forever. And we've been, well, what mm-hmm. if you were going to a church that wasn't telling the truth? Or what if, yeah. you know, how do you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, scripture. Like, we come back to it. That's good. Like, that's where it is. So I had a lot of kids when I was a youth pastor tell me they knew they were Christians because their mom had told them that they had prayed the prayer, but they didn't remember it. And I was like, man, that's like two or three steps removed from the cross, you know? Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. tell me about the cross. Don't tell me about what someone told you about about your experience of the cross mm. 10 years ago. You know, like it was this weird... Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you talked about that in your sermon too, right? Mm-hmm. You said that some churches will even idolize like the, the step of raising your hand and... Mm, yeah, yeah, they're like, just... yeah, walk the aisle, pray the prayer, say the words. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, you want to talk more about point two or that's it? Gosh, two I, I re-listened. So I did hear that. Right, I I reheard the second service. I said something like, "There's this false teaching that all you have to do is mental assent. All you have to do is." And the way I worded it, I wish I'd been more clear, because I I made it sound like um, that it's not possible to pray the prayer and become a Christian hmm. if if you listen to it the wrong way. I think in context okay. of the whole paragraph, people would understand what I'm saying. But I just want to clarify. It is that simple. <laughs> yeah. Well, we if do live pray in a world where Christ. you can take a 10-second yeah. clip of exactly. somebody, and that's that's them. So, so. my, my five-second clip would have sounded horrible. I think my 20-second clip, it would make sense. So I was just kind of alarmed when I listened to it, thinking, oh, it kind of sounds like I don't believe that you can just receive Christ and become a Christian. Mm. I do. I was lumping that in within the chain of just say the right words and never change or 
just, you know, walk through this motion, this gospel motion of rehearsed words, but never actually really know Jesus. Um, It came up when we were discussing that too, Mm -hmm. the whole, this passage, it came up with just the idea um, in scripture about abiding Mm -hmm. too. And this, so whether you're talking about knowledge, we can tend to think of it as a one-time download and now I've stuck Mm -hmm. this bullet point of, of information in my head, Mm -hmm. or it's a, it's a wisdom I sit with and I ask for God's help with and I wrestle with continuously kind of a thing that's more of that abiding thing and then the same same I, I think of with the this moment of salvation like you said it's, it's it is as simple as like crying out for help and believing Jesus is the mm-hmm. only way mm-hmm. but there's this abiding that continues in this mm-hmm. wrestling and I, I think it's even important when you're saying knowledge that um, what's the word? Something with righteousness? Uh, Accord godliness. I, I, my head went. It was it's like, kata eusebion. Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. So even with, with that concept, we can start to drift into, okay, I'm going to watch my righteous acts and I'm going to look at my mm. pile of goodness. Yeah, and and yeah, we yeah. had to say again, well, the mm-hmm. biggest righteous thing we do is repentance like is yeah. is is saying we haven't been righteous mm-hmm. and looking to jesus's righteousness and and so that that abiding thing was was a key to unlock a lot of that for me of mm. just am i abiding in the word am i am i asking for help constantly mm-hmm. from god and from from others and so yeah so james is saying there are people that say i have faith you know because I say it, but don't look at what I do. Don't look yeah. at how I live. Yeah, and yeah. James is like, no, no, you can't do that. Yeah. But you can just have faith and trust Jesus, and that's enough. Hmm. It really is enough. And if you do, you'll keep trusting Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what abiding is. You get up tomorrow, and you still trust Jesus. And that doesn't. the way I said it was, you're not perfect. That yeah. doesn't mean you you're perfect and have no problems anymore. You're still every day desperately trusting Jesus, your ups, your downs, mm. your better days, your, you know, your weaker days, your stronger days. It's still simply trusting in him. Mm. Um, yeah. I was loving just the wording of God's ancient plan. I wrote, uh, God's plan is not a remix. Cause mm. you were saying like how, how so much of human creativity and strategizing, we talk of there's these famous, uh, artistic videos that that are called everything is a remix mm. and just talking about how everything is is like a sense of sort of plagiarizing in mm. it but in a playful way or mm-hmm. something and i don't even know what the like impact that will have on me is but yeah. I, I just loved this concept of the ancient plan that mm. it's not a remix it's mm. and i think what i've been very aware of for us too and for myself leading ministries and and things it's like sticking to a plan that's already been handed to you is something you have to be so intentional about of reminding yourself no this is what we Mm. this is what god gave us we're going to trust him i'm going to be this creaturely humility Mm -hmm. but it's really really difficult unless you just continue to have those around you saying stick to it don't Mm -hmm. give up Mm -hmm. don't don't think you've got to remix this thing you know there are there are areas of of freedom and preference, but but remembering that core, and mm. it's really hard to just hold on to that and to not think, well, if it seems to not be working in this moment. Maybe I should, <laughs> mm. yeah. maybe I should go somewhere else completely. Or yeah, hmm. yeah, that's good.
great other pod. Can I recommend other podcasts? Yeah, do in a it. podcast is that legal? It's it's January too. Everybody's it's, looking yeah, for new stuff. More than legal. Okay, <laughs> this cultural moment. It's very well done, and the guys are talking through Australian guy and a Portland American guy, and they're talking through kind of how how like uh the basics are not enough like do the basics but the basics are not enough we need gut spirit so i, I really like that and then they're talking a lot mm. about our just cultural worldview stuff and apologetics and the moment we live in and um i don't know something you said really triggered that in my mind and it's it's been a really encouraging podcast for me sweet i'm so proud to hear that you listen to actual podcasts and not just recordings not of just sermons sermons <laughs> as podcasts we had lots of confusion over the last few months because i would consider sermons podcasts because i preach sermons and listen to sermons but which is fine that's all right if that's how you want to be <laughs> you, you do you boo boo podcasts can be whatever you want them to be yes this is 2020 yeah well and then you said the church is grace being proclaimed mm-hmm. and your what was your your counter idea to that one i don't think i hit, hit this as hard but it, what i had in my notes and what i think i said was it's not a a business we want to be organized. We want to do things well and excellently, but church is not just a business. It's essentially grace being proclaimed. It's the gospel message going out. And without that, you know, it's just another organization. What? I guess what are some examples of a church being a business to, mm. help, to help me gotcha. think through that? Uh, let's think. So, I mean, my brain went to Rome, obviously, but yeah, I don't know if that counts. So the revivalism context is the closest one for me because that's kind of our family of churches. So we, as evangelicals, independent evangelicals, there is the lure towards um, using kind of entertainment stuff and be really entertaining, be really relevant, be really attractive, and then get people to pray the prayer. So maybe more of a show or like a yeah, show or even just great organization. I mean, you know, um, yeah, I think some people use show attract people. Some people are like super organized and, uh, organize people into doing good works in the city, which again, all these things were like, yeah, we want to do good music or we want to organize people to do good work. You know, they're all great, but there's like this essential thing that has to drive it all, which is grace being proclaimed. Um, I'm trying to think of other ways that it's done. Uh, I think the other, the the most stark example would be the Judaizers saying, "You got to have these external marks of Jewishness, or you're not accepted by God." Um, and so we can take our church traditions and say, you know, you have to have this mark and that mark and that mark, which again might be good methods, but when we demand them and make them the only way to Jesus or the only way to spiritual growth, then we've kind of flipped an anti-grace switch that's very dangerous so that's why i use i used the example of titus and timothy timothy was circumcised open doors for the gospel titus uh paul dug in his heels and said nope we're not doing it because it was this gospel issue with titus so what would you say are things that i guess we would be tempted to fail in mm. like we being people who attend grace bible church like mm. to fall into of mm-hmm. of not proclaiming grace and instead what would mm. be the other thing that like that we should be careful for us right because it's easy to look gotcha. at and say like 
oh well those other people they just put on shows and they don't share grace or like right right right. those other people just do good works but they don't actually so i think for me personally i think it's easier to answer for me than for our whole church because we're all thankfully that's this is one of our protections against my hobby horses is we're a team but my hobby horse i am a intuitive uh i tend to like like and appreciate other people very easily and like absorb their priorities into my own. And so I've seen this in the evangelical world where people listen to and understand non-Christians so well, they're no longer sharing the gospel anymore, you know? Mm. So that's the thing that I see out there that's happened in other ministries. And that's the red alert for my own heart is like, guard that, guard that, guard that, you know, keep, keep the message central um, so like Acts 17 is a famous passage where Paul talks their language, he quotes their poets, there's all this cool apologetic stuff, and then he still says ridiculous things about Jesus and the resurrection that they're turned off by. And I think having both of those together is really important. So I see that, and I've seen apologists or former Christian workers do all the apologetics and the connecting culturally, and then they start dropping away the offensive message of grace and jesus because it's offensive you know so that's that's my personal thing i need to guard against I don't, i'm sure there are different things for different people yeah my mind my mind goes to um we're talking about the businessiness of church or or where you can drift um in general i think i think of it as the method must continue to serve the mess message or the mm-hmm. mission like mm-hmm. and what i see happen is at some point you just get into the strange cycle of the method serving the method serving the method and it mm. and it or it's really it's above the mission and the, so mm-hmm. the mission gets diluted or the message gets diluted mm. uh, more and more and more i mean sunday mornings are a classic example of we have this method we have this these things we do mm-hmm. um and and as far as preferences are concerned if we get so absorbed in the technicalities of of making this event happen Mm -hmm. and we don't talk about the message and we don't talk about the mission over and over and over and over again, then it can really easily become like, man, I'm running these lights to the glory of God. And I don't Mm -hmm. remember why. Well, (laughs) that sounded funny, right? Because the glory of God is a great mission, but, but really without the, that missional calling, it's like, it's, it's empty words. It's like, I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. spending hours and hours and hours and hours perfecting this little thing and i'm not asking myself is this helping or hurting the mission the primary Mm -hmm. thing we're doing um i think of children's ministry could do the same thing right you could just become so excellent at what you do but excellence becomes the goal rather than Mm -hmm. proclamation of truth and so you could just put on the best daycare that there's ever been and if you're not remembering why you started doing it in the first place Mm-hmm. Then, then it actually is pushing out the message and stopping it from being heard. And I think, all. to be fair, historically our church has been a, we're all about the message and <laughs> we're a little sloppy about the organization. And so we've been on like a probably three-year kick where I've been like trying to get better as a leader about organization and listening to leadership podcasts and reading leadership books and saying like, let's be more organized and let's be more professional yeah. Um, so there's part of me that's like, I don't think that could happen to us, but I have a proper humility. I think that's like, well, I guess it could happen. To, you know, I mean, yeah, it could happen to us. 
my mentor that passed away f- six months ago, I always loved that about him. He was like this super driven, super successful, super outgoing guy. And he had this genuine kind of humility and terror that he could fall at any moment. You know, like, oh yeah, I could blow it all tomorrow. Mm. I could sin and just explode this whole thing. So I, I just think it's healthy to keep that like terror of God, don't let us stop making this about your grace and proclaiming your grace and keeping that central. Well, and I mean, you could also slip into a negative methodology. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's what we've sometimes talked about is, man, are we like letting things remain kind of ugly or not mm. thought out or not? You know, is that really a missional thing just to do things does it really guard, kinda, guard God's grace to not be organized? Yeah, or or to <laughs> yeah. not chase yeah. pursue beauty and and yeah. and you know yeah whatever that is the the surroundings and the taking care of things and making it beautiful and comfortable. Or well, and, what and is back that? to how yeah. we came to Titus and how we got on this whole like it's not the yeah. building it's people our church for you dear listener who don't see us or don't know us you know all of you in listening in Ireland or wherever El Paso El Paso. We have beautified a lot. Like we expanded our building and it's yeah. more pretty than it used to be. And we've took out the pink carpet in the, in the sanctuaries, you know, so there's like all these things we've done that have made it prettier than it used to be. So, so in that sense, we have, we've changed, man. So. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to ask, and mm-hmm. you may have already answered it enough, but mm-hmm. like, what can we do to do better? Mm. Like we as Grace Bible Church, it doesn't have to be you necessarily, but mm-hmm. so what can we do to proclaim God's grace better? What kind of things? Mm. Well, I think keeping gospel renewal personally as like your number one mission, right? I think so. I think that's my in all of our talk in 2020 about new Bible reading plans and new prayer plans. I just think at the center, it's got to be. Uh, abiding is Jesus. I need you. Help me, Jesus. You know the uh, where was that? Oh yeah, we were talking to Matt Brandon the other night, and it's in this book uh, that Chris read, and I've started to read called "Adorning the Dark" by Andrew Peterson, and it's an like making art type book. It's like how to be a Christian artist. So recommend that, dear listener. Mm-hmm. Um, but he talks about Bach is famous for ending his works with SDG, Soli Deo Gloria, I think, one of the solas, to God Mm -hmm. alone be the glory. Mm -hmm. But what's lesser known is that he started his works with, I think it's Yevu Yesu, but it means help me Jesus. It's Latin for help me Jesus. And I just thought, huh, that's really cool. Matt was sharing it, and I was like, oh, I just read that in this book, too. Um, So, yeah, having a help me Jesus desperation I think being central to who we are day by day so that we face all our work, our to-do list, our improvement, our getting more organized, getting more excellent, getting more fit, you know, cleaning our closets, all the stuff we're doing, it's all rooted in a help me, Jesus, help me abide in you. So. You look like you have something. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see how out of left field this is. I, I, the, the thing that, that stirred in me is just the... Uh, this joyfulness and this this mm. uh, I think it was the word hope in in uh, verse two in hope of eternal life mm. and I was just struck as I was thinking about it that real hope is is not duty is not coerced is it's it's this just 
spilling out like mm. like how cool is this like there's you know hope is just an uplifting mm-hmm. thing you know mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's always like has to be perfectly tied to joy i'm not sure i'm still processing that but mm. but i i think that's that's one of the ways i always am hoping and praying god will you know guide me and lead me and fill me with joy in this pursuit and in this mm. uh this calling that we have as a church um and i think i think it, it, it is a gift so it's hard because it's you mm-hmm. can't i mean <laughs> you can decide and you can't just decide um but that that's the thing that came to my mind was it can hinder things to just just be knuckling down this is you know that that's not really hope that's like i don't know what it is it's it's yeah. just being having your arm twisted and again just praying for that gift of of joyful hope and um when we were talking about what you know knowledge again back to the knowledge of truth with with truth which accords with godliness uh what is godliness and um and I, it, what came into my head was it's this glorious foolishness, like mm. to the world and often to to each other. It's like why why would you why would you give that up? And it's because there's this greater hope that is filling you, that's giving you joy, that that gives you purpose. And um, and and outsiders may or may not catch the glorious side of it. They may just say we're fools. Mm. But through the Holy Spirit, that's what we see this process for those who come to Christ is they start to see the glory or there's this deep resonating gloriousness of like, he's a fool, but that's some kind of awesome foolishness. Like, mm. And so anyway, that's that's a very <laughs> out there idea, but I don't know if you can <laughs> ground it anymore, Dave. <laughs> No, I like joy. I mean, that's where I would ground it, joy. Yeah. I think that's a, a unique Christian concept that we rejoice in God, we rejoice in suffering, we rejoice in our work. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a spillover of receiving joy from God, and so we share it. Sweet. Well, if people want to find out more, they can go to begrace.org slash churchesnotwhatyouthink. They can click on 100 Images. Um, they can subscribe and pay $5 a month, <laughs> and um, they can – what else do people do to get people to click through buy their Buy my course. Buy, yeah, you could <laughs> buy, buy Dave's course. <laughs> On how to uh, abide. He's doing a live <laughs> webinar. Um but uh, you're goodness. freaking out my webmaster heart. <laughs> I was like, like wait, do, there, do wait, I have what? to go to Beagre Center? Slash church is not what you think. Do I need to make something? Start coding. Quick. <laughs> so, hey, I did have recommendations of books that I forgot to recommend, mm-hmm. but I had them sitting up. on the stage. Okay. <laughs> book one, uh, Prodigal God by Tim Keller. Book two, Transforming Grace by Jerry Bridges. Book three, The Cure by John Lynch. Book four, The Gospel-Centered Life by Thune and Walker. Those are four getting grace books mm. pick one yes. buy one of those books and buy you too books. can have grace <laughs> and help support this podcast <laughs> help support this nope just you get kidding. no money from those just people kidding. go to just our kidding. patreon and submit <laughs> money but uh sorry i was just trying to make a bad joke about the title and the clickbaitiness yes. but thanks for listening we'll see you next week goodbye goodbye